Welcome to the Fury Theory Podcast, brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means excellent for business. I'm joined by my colleagues, John Easton and Adam Belmar, and we are joined by our special guest, Mike Vicara, a well-known television personality, a reporter for NBC News. NBC News. And uh, what's the what's the one that you guys do? ITV? No, I twenty four. I twenty four is, is is one place that you can find Vakir. But you know what? He does a lot of great broadcasting. And as as you will say later, he is a journalist. Journalist. He's a, a journalist. Journalist. Oh. He worked at NHK Japan Broadcasting. Exactly. And also worked for that famous Al Jazeera. So gozaimasu. <laughs> <laughs> He is a graduate of the University of Maryland and Walter Johnson High School. They're not going to change that name, are they? Uh, they already did. It used to be the Spartans. Now it's the Wildcats. Uh, Don't go there. It should be called yeah. the Big Train. He's also the yeah. author of You Didn't Get This From Me, a novel about Washington, media, and politics. It doesn't actually say that. It just says media and politics. But I think I helped uh, Mike write this novel just by talking to him all the time. <laughs> and saying, persistent. you didn't get this from me. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, there it is. I just blew you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast, Mike Vicara. Thanks. It's great to be alive That's and here. Great. And happy Veterans Day to all you veterans out there. And I hope that everybody celebrates the 99th anniversary of Armistice Day, mm. which is tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, at the con- conclusion of the First World War. Excuse me, sorry, I had, had a hard time getting it That's out. That's okay, 11th hour, 11th day. 11th hour, 11th day. 11th month. 11th month. And tomorrow is Armistice Day. Well, we celebrate Veterans Day. And so to all your veterans out there, thank you for watching and thank you for all that you've done. Theory one, less is more. The Roy Moore campaign ran seriously off the rails when a Washington Post story ran detailing that he once tried to date a 14-year-old girl when he was 32 years old. Most of Washington immediately called on Judge Moore to step aside as a candidate, but in my view, that doesn't seem too likely. Here's my theory. Roy Moore is guilty as charged, and he should stop his campaign now. But he won't, and the people in Alabama hate the liberal media so much that he might actually win this campaign. I say it's 50-50. Mike, you are a journalist journalist. That's true. I'm sure you read this Washington Post story, although you probably didn't follow it because you're not into his politics as much as we are. Oh, man. I'm immersed in this. You thing. are immersed in it. <laughs> yeah. You wrote a, you wrote a novel about it. Yeah. Uh, would this fit into your novel? Would this be a novel's not novel? Uh, as a matter of fact, something like this was foretold in my novel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You must read it then. Yeah. Prescient. 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 I wrote this during recesses in the early 2000s. Amazing how many things came true. Anyway, I don't want. So, do you think the story it. is accurate? Uh, do you think that he will win in Alabama, or do you think that he will step aside? You know, uh, accurate. That's a great question because when I first heard this, I think I was like on the metro looking at. Twitter, and people were talking about it, but in a very oblique way. I hadn't yet read the Washington Post story, and I thought, do they really have the goods? I mean, 1979, really? And then you read the story, and it is reported incredibly in-depth with people on the record, and that makes a huge difference, obviously, with details, with corroborating witnesses. Uh, And so, obviously, yeah, Roy Moore's in big trouble, and I think there's no greater testimony to that than the fact that um, Republicans in Congress say, if true, I mean, they have this caveat, if true, which is kind of a safety catch-all, but still, if true, he should step aside. And so I think it's a reflection of sort of this moment where we are, where we are given everything that's happening and all the controversies and all these revelations and disturbing news we hear about sexual harassment in the higher echelons of society, if you want to call Hollywood the higher echelons of society, <laughs> uh, and in government as well, um, that everybody, nobody is jumping to his defense, which 
still might be a function of the fact that he's not really. I mean, they beloved, right? They supported Luther Strange in the primary. Most of these people right. that we're talking about, um, but I think it's a remarkable moment, and I agree with you. I think he's got a better. I'll go even further. I'll say there's a fifty-one forty-nine percent chance that he's elected. Johnny, to the uh, I'm going to go uh, the other way. I think that uh, probably much less than fifty percent chance. And I say that it, Mitt Romney actually tweeted something really, really well this morning. He said that innocent until proven guilty is for convictions, not for elections. And I think that he really hit on something. You know, the campaigns I've been part of, I've, I've been a part of these these October surprises, and this is definitely a November surprise in the biggest way possible. And I agree that John's right about, you know, the Alabama voters, they don't like Washington, they don't like the liberal media, the establishment media, and, and they like Trump, you know, for a lot of those reasons. But this transcends a lot of that, I believe. And, and even in the Alabama voters... It, even if they're disdained for the establishment, will probably take a step back and say, I can't go there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I got an email, Adam Belmar, uh, from I was on Hardball last night, and I basically said what I said, right? You know, I think he should step aside, and I think he's guilty. And somebody emailed me from Alabama saying, You are part of the liberal media, right. and, Luth, and, and, and uh, Roy Moore is going to win 56 42, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about, but come on down south and hang out with us sometime. You'll understand us better. Uh, what do you think, Mr. Belmont? You know what? I I have no idea whether these allegations are true. They've certainly come out of nowhere, and I agree with Mike that um, they've been well-reported at this point, and they've spoke to folks who wanted to come on the record. This guy has such a long political history in Alabama that one wonders what caused this to happen now. Is it the sexual assault allegations that are just all over the place. Did Harvey Weinstein unleash this flow that has now caught Roy Marr up in it? Or is there something even more sinister there? I honestly don't know. And you talked about the caveat, if true. Obviously, this is just disgusting and reprehensible and, and nothing that you'd want to have anyone uh, who, who you know or is a friend, let alone a leader, be involved with. But uh, I won't pretend to understand the politics in Alabama. I will just say that uh, he probably, in my opinion, was a bad candidate before all of this came up, not someone that I was excited to see in the United States Senate. And uh, I will just wait patiently to see how this bears out. But he's not stepping down from this, and he's ready to fight. And so I'm willing to, to give him at least another round to see where he goes and what he says. One of the disturbing aspects of this, really, as a journalist, is people have their own version of the truth now. Yeah. I mean... Um, Roy Moore can echo the president and say it's fake news, and people will take it, take it at face value. I think that's right, and I think that's the problem that the media has, is that no one believes it anymore, right. and, and that's a thing they've overcome. I, I, I read the story. I, I, I was convinced by it. I'm also convinced that we're in a moment here where women feel that they are empowered to say when they've been mistreated, and they feel like this, you know, if, you're, if you were a 14-year-old, and you had some 32-year-old you know, kid on you and try to date you, and you didn't want to say anything right. because you were afraid, mm-hmm. well, you're not afraid anymore because you have people who are going oh, out there. Absolutely. And, so, yeah. and so I think that – and I, I tend to believe, believe this story. I think that there was so much corroborating evidence. Now, if you're Roy Moore and you're part of the, you know, the, the conservative media that's supporting him, um, you, know, you say the timing doesn't work out, that Roy Moore has been through several big campaigns – 
And, you know, this never came out before. But, you know, the fact is that there were a lot of rumors about Roy Moore. Uh-huh. And, Which, um, if you read the Post's account of it, that they heard the rumors and they decided to investigate. And that's right. how this all got started. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, Johnny, any, any further thoughts on it? I mean, I just think that this – I mean, the problem is we're going to be stuck with Roy Moore because I think he might win. Well, and, and I think he the way he could win is because of the difficulties of the ballot down there and, and the difficulties of getting him – out of this race. Let's say he even well, does Will you elaborate aside. on that? Because we now know what can't happen. Well, I don't know uh, every detail about the ballot rules there, but I am told that he can't now be off the ballot. Right, they can't, they can't so take the him only, off the ballot. It's a Lisa Murkowski option. It, exactly. Right? It's, it's a, a write-in, it's a write-in yeah. situation where somebody like Luther Strange or somebody with some, you know, that's probably what the party would want to do since he has so much, he's a sitting senator and he has a lot of name recognition. He's been through the primary. They w- probably have like a Lisa Murkowski of Alaska uh, plan to try to galvanize that right in. Yeah, but that, I mean, you're yeah, right. right. That's a long It's shot. a long shot. It's yeah. very tough. I got so. a question for Vakira. Had you ever heard any rumors like this? About Roy Moore? Yeah. No. I, no, I, no, I have not. Okay, so when you say the rumors were out there, what, we're just talking about in Alabama. I don't think that in our conversation in, you in, in, heard in, in, in Alabama. And that was reported in the Washington Post, but that has been reported other, in other places that um, – there had been widespread rumors that Moore was, you know, trying trying to date younger women when he was a younger man and much younger women than in an appropriate way, inappropriate way. But you know, because this is so this is this is so corroborated. I mean, this is this is. I think it's a very authentic story. Well, let, can I? I want to throw this out there as well. Um, there was another Alabama par- politician who s- stood up in an attempt to stand up for Judge Moore and made some comments historically biblically about the relationship yeah. between yeah. Joseph and Mary. Joseph and Mary, yeah. Uh, it may have been his brother who did that. Was it really? I think so. What an unbelievably stupid comparison. Well, um, theoretically, I mean, if you're Catholic like I am, you, you, it was a virgin birth. <laughs> to be sure, that's part of it. <laughs> Wait, you didn't tell me we were going to do theology <laughs> when I came on here. Yeah, but I mean, we do. Uh, you okay, know, so we, the, we do everything at the Fury Theory. The Fury Theory podcast, aka we do it all. <laughs> Theology, <laughs> politics, we do it all. And Cole Prescott. I, but I mean, you, you bring up an extreme example, but I mean, the idea that someone would even float that is that an indication of what people are willing to believe, or the lengths they're willing to go to twist logic and, and in order to justify um, what has apparently transpired, right. or allegedly transpired, or I should say, reportedly transpired? You know, I. I'm with you. I just think that at this moment in time, in a place like Alabama, as deep red as it is, as culturally conservative as it is, people are either going to refuse to believe it or they're going to uh, find a way to dismiss it uh, or they're going to see a conspiracy. Right, and I I think all those are possibilities. And I think the other problem for the Democrats is Doug Jones is actually pretty liberal. Right, and they're not going to vote for Doug Jones. Really, the only hope that Doug Jones has is no viable right-in candidate and incredibly low turnout on the part of Republicans. I think that's right. I think that's right. Theory two, when it rains, it pours. Republicans were dealt a series of painful losses on Election Day earlier this week. Ed Gillespie lost by 9%. Republicans lost control of the uh, Virginia House of Delegates. And throughout the country, the GOP lost in stunning fashion. My theory, the suburbs said to Donald Trump, you're fired. And if Republicans don't come up with a suburban strategy that provides some some shelter from the coming storm, 2018 will be a tsunami that will carry away the Republican majority. Uh, John Easton, what are your thoughts on uh, the election on Tuesday? 
Well, I, I agree with that, and and this was a, a really difficult night for, for a lot of reasons. I, I think that with the Ed Gillespie situation, I mean, if you, if you look about what, look at what dominated that, that race in the end, I mean, you had Democrats have, a, have an 11-point uh, advantage in, in the state, and he lost Democrats 97 to 3. Uh, you, you have moderates. They went for Northam over Gillespie, 64-33. And it's just a highly charged political climate right now. And, and I think that if you don't have some accomplishments um, at the highest level, then what's happening is the Trump sideshow is going to cannibalize the party. Well, you know what? One thing, Mike Fakira, that, that struck me in all of this, and, and in Easton brought it up, is that there was this 11-point differential. It is now a blue state. It's not a swing state. Yeah. But as you dig into the numbers, one thing I think that you find is that Ed Gillespie actually performed very well with his Republican base in Virginia. Right. Um, but it was just a motivated Democrat. Yes, base. it yeah. was. And I want you to talk about that for a second because you're familiar with – uh, the the burgeoning demographics of Northern Virginia, which, right? And who yeah. said uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. said that what we need to do is seed Northern Virginia back, <laughs> back to? Uh, I'm not back sure to what that means. Columbia, yeah, which would probably uh, make Ed Gillespie ineligible to run for governor in Virginia. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, I'm not completely convinced this is the harbinger. Um, this is like the tsunami that's going to, uh, uh, yeah, the, the beginning of uh, the, you know the tremor that generates the tsunami that subsumes Although the liberal media land. has decided that this is... Damn liberal media. God. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, will say, I will say this. But, uh, but, but, uh, because Trump's not on the ballot, right. right? The jury is out on accomplishments, you know, right. whether or not they get tax reform, whether they'll trump it and, you know, hold up. Trump will trump it. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, Ed Gillespie was not... I hate to buy into, you know, the spin coming from the White House, but uh, there is a... a kernel of truth to the fact that he is not a Trumpist. Right. He's not. Oh, there's more truth to it than a kernel. Yeah. He's not, he's not a Trumpist. Um, never has been. Never has been. Um, and I agree with all what you're saying. This is, not, this is not the end of the Republican majority quite yet. But I will say that women vo- voters in the suburbs are so angry that this could repeat itself unless Republicans start repaying that, re- repairing the damage. And I know that just talking to people in, close to my family, like my wife. Yeah. And so this is a problem. I would also want to say that we have joined in the studio today. Oh yeah, Isabel and Ava Easton, and I wanted to say hi to them. Hi, ladies. Hi. And Ava, Ava ran uh, for class president at St. Peter's, and so she's a very practiced politician. And, and she I'm, won. And she way, won. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And Isabel, what are you, are you treasurer? Secretary. Secretary. Okay. So I just want to yeah. mention that, and, and you're very proud of that, right? Well, sure. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's all politics here. You know, the producer in me wants to beckon them right over here to pray the president would. <laughs> Girls, where are you? Come on. Come on up here right now. We don't have a lot of time, but come on up here. Stand by your dad. Real quick. Um, I, I think it's important. Thank you for not uh, tripping on these wires. But just to let you know, we do yeah. have these beautiful Eastern girls right here in Fantastic. the studio. We have a studio yeah. audience. It's true. Yeah. Anything you want to share with the uh, collected Facebook crowd? What was your platform? <laughs> Did you have a political platform that you ran on? Um, is, vote for Isabel. She's the right choice because I'm secretary. Oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. Hey, well, you, want, you, you want as president. What, what was your platform? Oh, I uh, said we would have more fundraisers because we didn't do a lot of things last year. 
And I'm uh, going to try to bring a uh, Nationals player to uh, oh. St. Peter's School. See, that'll get the base out for you. For, uh, <laughs> All right, girls, you're dismissed. <laughs> you girls, you um, I have an Ava at home, too. Good to see you. Mr. Fury, can I ask you to clarify one thing? When you talk about repair the damage, are, can you help unpack that? Because to me, I really feel like unpack, uh, uh, repairing the damage is... Let's get some agenda items done. Let's move forward on the things that, that the president campaigned on where there is unanimity. Are you talking about that or something bigger? Well, what I'm talking about is uh, they have to find things that the voters care about in the suburbs. From my perspective, one of the things that they could do is have President Trump go. I mean, I, think, I thought Gillespie could have had President Trump join Ed Gillespie on 66 and say, we have a plan to expand 66 to get rid of all this traffic. That would have been a great way to get the president on your side. Not talk about Confederate monuments. Just talk about how you're going to fix roads and bridges. Because that is something that, no matter if you're Republican, Democrat, or what you are, people like that. And, yeah. if, you, and if you can be a guy who can fix things as opposed to the nonsense that they portrayed on Confederates. So you didn't need them. You know, take a, take a, take a, knee, if you're, take a knee or take a stand or whatever that, that was. Come on, let's focus on issues that people really care about. Well, and, and to your point, John, the, the biggest issue of the race ended up being health care, which is interesting because, and not in a good way for, Demo- for, for Republicans, because over the last, what, uh, four election cycles, it's been Obamacare, and it's been railing against Obamacare. That was a comfort zone for Republicans. Right. This time around, Obamacare, I mean, we have the majority in, 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 in national government, so what happens is it's... It's the major issue, but on the wrong side, because now it's not our comfort zone to fix it. But tax reform is, which is where we could have a a win. And I do think that they are going to get tax reform done. I think it's going to be good for us, for Republicans, because not because the the rank-and-file voters are necessarily going to love it, but because it's actually going to juice the economy. And people a, a, a juiced economy where people have higher wages typically is very good for politicians. Uh, do you have a reaction to that thought? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, look at Bill Clinton in 93, the, right. you know, a major tax overhaul. He raised taxes mm-hmm. in many respects, cut them in other respects. Largest, what is it, largest peacetime economic expansion or longest peacetime economic expansion in history. Um, I think, really, I'm not an economist, but since you are going into that uh, lane, um, I think that um, – the trouble that Republicans have had is the ideological straitjacket that they have worn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to believe in trickle-down or the Laffer curve or however, you know, whatever you adhere to in terms of your economic theory, your economic theory theory, um, you gotta, you got to take, you got to loosen that up a little bit. When I, and I think they are in this tax bill. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of well-heeled lobbyists in this town are not happy about this tax bill because it, does, it doesn't cut taxes enough or at all for wealthy people. Right. But it does... This, this tax package is going to be really good for most middle-income yeah. Americans. I've, and I've had this discussion a lot of times recently. <clears throat> the Democratic leadership, and if the roles are reversed, it would be the Republican leadership. You can give them the sun, the moon, and the stars of right. what they're asking for. They're still not going to support right. it. Right. That's not why they're there. Right. You know, they're going to find any reason they can to rally their troops, to whip their votes against it. Right. Tax reform is giving people think, something, as right. opposed to Obamacare reform which is taking something away. Right, I think that's right. And so it's, it's, and from a political sense, it's much easier, and it's much easier to pick off Democrats because, look, you know, we, we, we talk about the height camps and the mansions and the testers and everybody who's up. It's true. Right. And I, I think, mean, they're, 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 they're going to be tempted. But I do yeah. think, and John knows this better than I do, and I think talking to the Senate Republican leadership, 
they firmly believe that if they get 50 votes uh, for this thing, they'll get one more with Pence, and then they'll get about seven more with the Democrats who are all in those red states who say, screw it. I'm going to vote for this thing because right, I'm not going to be because it's, it's going to pass. Yeah, because yeah. it's passed. Yeah. It's going to pass anyway. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that. Jump in front of that parade. Theory three: Theory out three. of sight, out of mind. <laughs> President Trump is touring Asia this week. He played golf with Shinzo Abe in Japan. He talked about his golf course in a speech in South Korea, and then he teed off against American trade policies while in China. You see how I did? I, that? I did. I like that. <laughs> wow. Uh, all. In all, it has been a very good trip for him, but nobody here seems to care. You stumbled a couple of times. You might want to take a mulligan on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stumbled before that. <laughs> My theory, even though Mr. Trump has been out of, out of the news mostly, and that is a good thing for him, he looks somewhat presidential. He's being warmly received by friends and competitors alike in Asia, and that's a good thing. Adam, you've been following this trip. Has this trip been good for President Trump? Yes, it has been good for President Trump. Um, you know, I spent uh, a couple of years producing foreign travel for President George W. Bush. The optics matter, and this is a president for whom optics matter a lot. Uh, it came at sort of an odd political time for the president to be out of the country, but at the same time, I think he's, he's allowed himself to be insulated. He's cut down on the cadence of tweets, and uh, everywhere he's gone, he's received a warm reception, he tried to do something bold at the, DM, at the DMZ that didn't work out terribly well because of the weather. But everywhere he's gone, I, I think I've seen a very confident presidential uh, role that he's played. And you know what? He's got the first lady with him, and that's, that means a lot. The news has been good. The speeches have been strong, from my opinion. And uh, overall, I think being away and getting involved – in these five country trips were very, very positive for the country and for the president. Mike Vicara, you uh, used to do Japanese television. That's right. That Still very much. Nay. Hi. All right. Have you been following this trip? Oh, yeah. And what do you think? Um, I agree with uh, everything that was just said. Um, they haven't had any major stumbles. I think the press covering the trip, those of us in um, – in, in the press get way too carried away with issues that affect us and nobody else cares about. He didn't take questions in China and broke precedent going back to Bush 41, uh, standing next to the, pre the Chinese president. The Chinese always insist. Uh, right. That, Typically, that, each yeah. leader will take two questions. And there's always a huge fight, and there's usually a melee thrown in at the photo ops with the Chinese officials fighting the American uh, over access, over access, literally fighting and pushing right. and shoving. Um, Trump didn't do any of that. He acquiesced to everything that they want to do in terms of the choreography, in terms of the access, which is, I believe, as a journalist, I wrote a whole novel on these themes, is really important. It's important for democracy. Nobody else cares, right? right? As a snapshot, as one And incident. certainly Trump doesn't care. It's not like he's yeah. begging to take uh, yeah. more questions from the media, the fake news media. Uh, but I, th you know, I think in a larger sense it's a double-edged sword for him. I mean, his base doesn't – I mean, and he plays to his base. Obviously, his base is everything to him. They don't want to – they don't care. <laughs> they don't they, care. Don't, they couldn't identify President Xi Jinping. They don't know – he's in well, Da Nang, Vietnam. Everybody, da Nang, Vietnam means one thing to most Americans yes, uh, over the age of 40 right. anyway. Right. Um, and he's going to go talk to Duterte – who uh, carries a out extrajudicial yeah, extra and, you know. Who they're Annie's pals with. Yeah, and who, and who he's staying an extra day to be with uh, for the East Asia Security Summit. Um, so, 
you know, to the extent that people are, are paying attention, uh, you know, he looks presidential, but then there's this, all this other stuff going on around Can him. Can I actually I just, back I think into it's what kind Mike of a wash. Said. Yeah. One of the things, if you are a supporter of this president in particular, um, the White House has done a fantastic job over the last seven or eight days wrapping up the day's events and pushing affirmatively out to the White House YouTube audience uh, really well-crafted videos. Short Now, Barack Obama and his team did this a lot. Right. They did it every week. The Trump folks have quietly picked it up. And if you are just seeing it through that lens, which the RNC has also been echoing, you see a very presidential uh, litany of images and conduct by the commander-in-chief. I think they've done a great job in helping him along with this trip, mm. and it hasn't received any coverage. But people who are... Well, because it's the, it's the expectation. It is. I mean, the expectation... But you have to prove it, too. In the Trump world, that an uh, American president's going to go overseas and conduct himself with decorum and, and dignity, and <clears throat> is going to represent the country... Um, you know, in a way that is not going to embarrass us. So he's met the bar. It's a fairly low bar. But what yeah, has he done that's memorable? Well, I think he's trip? done a couple things that are memorable. And I think that he is um, – he's done a good job over there. And I think that that for someone who doesn't have any foreign policy experience, he has met a, a low bar, but he exceeded it pretty well. And his last trip, I thought, went to Europe, was actually pretty good as well. Yeah. John Eason. Yeah, I, I think that uh, – remember how the trip started. It was at Pearl Harbor. Right. And and I know that that's also not a high bar either. You go, you lay your wreath, yeah. and but but he it was it was strong, and I think it reassured. I guess in the, in the context of never seeing Trump perform this way, right? Yeah, and and I also think that that to Adam's point, very well planned, and I think the, the, the it was well chosen where they went, and you know he, he's been throwing big bouquets to President Xi. I mean, there's just what. I don't think there's really much of an upside for him challenging the president of China, you know, outright and making waves that way. I think he's become more presidential in, in that sense. But going to, the, you know, our, our big allies in, in Southeast Asia, you know, to South Korea, uh, trying to get to the DMZ, uh, Japan, Vietnam, I think these are all important. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think a lot of Americans don't know much about this trip, but the few things they see, I think they say, yeah. Uh, you know, should, and I think some of my colleagues have sort of stepped in it on this trip. Minor incidences like the, um, oh, he dumped the koi food in yeah, the Yeah, that pond. turned in like an yeah. internet And everybody thing. tried to like yeah. make it, oh, look at Trump just dying, he doesn't care. You know, it turned out to be when, a completely when, when Abe did the same thing. fake right. story. Fake story. It's just fake unfortunately news. the way everybody has a predetermined sort of, I'm not going to say narrative because that's a ridiculously overused phrase now. But, you know, we, you use that be, we use that phrase a lot here. You have, to, <laughs> you have to be careful, you know. You can't just play into some pre-existing mindset or expectation. And then the other day when all the pearl clutching about how he praised China for taking advantage of the openings that the United States has left them in, in the areas of trade, I didn't find that comment to be that outrageous. I, I didn't was, understand I thought, I thought all it was largely the, accurate, actually. I, I didn't understand all the hand-wringing and pearl-clutching on that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the Asia trip? All right, Adam Belmar, we're going to ask you, what are you buying or selling today? Well, the weather has turned. It's getting colder, and I am buying ice melt. Why? Because <laughs> the very steep steps at EFB are going to be the death of me, and I'm going to try and get ahead of the upcoming wet, cold, freezing Go winter. Go down to Fragers, get yourself a rake. And a, yeah. And a, and a, and a, so I'm buying ice melt. I suggest you do the same. Uh, Mike McCarrick, what are you buying or selling? 
Uh, I'm buying tax reform. I think it's going to pass in, in a larger sense. Um, and I'm also buying my novel. You didn't get this from me. A prescient That would have been a really <laughs> good buy, actually. At, uh, uh, Where do you it. get the novel? Uh, on Amazon. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, the heroine, Loretta Jean Polk, a member of Congress who was a victim of sexual harassment in her career, overcame it to, and leads an insurrection in a very unlikely way uh, with a uh, reporter who's sort of compromised, a TV reporter who's at the end of his rope and the end of his career, desperate for a scoop. John Eason, what are you buying or selling today? Um, I am going to sell. We rarely sell at this table. Yes. But I'm going to sell. And on a serious note, uh, violence against politicians, violence against public officials. Uh, I think, and, and this isn't really, I'm not really talking about that shooting in the, in the Alexandria of, of uh, Majority Whip Scalise and the others, which was just another level, which I'm not going to touch. I'm talking about the Senator Rand Paul incident, which we have not uh, addressed yeah. yet, but this is a crazy story in this town right now, and I'm sure crazy in, in Senator Rand Paul's neighborhood. But a lot is starting to come out from his neighbors and how this is just oh, well, can a, you share? Because I haven't heard the update. The, the one thing I want to share is this narrative uh, that's being built that, oh, this is a, oh, this is a fight over leaves and, uh, and yard, yard, yard debris and pumpkins. Apparently he sells pumpkins. Or he, he, he grows, grows pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah. But – Everybody said this is a good neighbor. It doesn't matter whether he's a good neighbor or not. I mean, first of all, you don't attack your neighbor. I mean, that's you don't you don't impose physical violence on your neighbor. This guy's a United States senator. I don't care if it's a county commissioner, city councilman, on the, on the board of education. You do not inflict violence on you know our public officials. I think it's it's atrocious. And if and if this starts happening more and more, you could almost call it a little bit of a trend, which would be probably the worst thing to happen in American democracy and modern history. Right. You could uh, say it's an isolated incident dispute between neighbors, but obviously the neighbor knows he's a United States senator. That's exactly you right. Think, you think. All right, so I am going to be selling Steve Bannon. Bannon, uh, who endorsed Roy Moore, uh, is now stuck with him, uh, and he's stuck with a bunch of other kooky candidates like Kelly Ward in Arizona. I think that uh, the fact that Bob Mercer – uh, decided to resign from his board and stop giving money to Steve Bannon is a good thing. Steve Bannon is going down the tubes, baby. He's no longer the big kahuna, and I think that I would sell him. And I'm going to also offer a buy. I'm going to buy some more stock of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They play <laughs> Miami tomorrow. Oh, you yeah. Dollar cost averaging <laughs> on the uh... – yeah, Miami, well, Miami's back, huh? Well, Next Chuck Todd happy, my friend yeah, Chuck Todd. Chuck yeah. Todd, yeah. yeah. I'll sell Chuck Todd. Who <laughs> <laughs> now? Yeah. Hey, I didn't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> Miami. Any other thoughts? No. So I will make one last thing. Thanks to our friends at Commonwealth Joe, cold-pressed coffee. This is coffee, not beer. I wish it was beer. No, it's we're, just not late enough in the day. Hey, I'm going to buy a Guinness when I get out of here. That reminds me. <laughs> I also recommend that you buy this novel. You didn't get this from me by our good friend Mike Vaccaro. Mike Vaccaro, thank you for joining us at the Theory Theory Podcast, brought to you by EFB. EFB means... Excellent for business. Yeah, baby.